2: You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 497. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me for this episode will be Project Spurs' Michael DeLeon. Mike, how are you doing, man?
3: I'm doing good. Feels a little weird that the season's over with right now, and I'm watching a whole bunch of other teams, but... Um... Oh, that's been some pretty
2: good basketball going on. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, we'd both want the Spurs to be in it because just from from our, our um, writing perspective, we'd have more stories to write and stuff like that and also just basketball right. to watch, stats to crunch. But th- it is kind of nice not having, like, an actual obligation to watch the team. So, like, the other day, on Saturday, I think it was, I watched one game, and then like, for the second one, I fell asleep and, uh, on the couch, and I just took a nap. So, <laughs> you know, we don't have to – now that they're out, the Spurs, we don't really have to scout any other opponents. Um, Mike, let's go ahead and get into this episode 497. Um the first topic seems a little bit old now because of uh, when it came out. It's going to be the whole um, the whole latest news on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this story dropped the day after uh, Benjamin Bornstein and I recorded. So we recorded on Monday night, and then this Kawhi story from ESPN drops on a Tuesday. So let's just go through this because we haven't really covered on Project Spurs um, on the Spurs cast. So last Tuesday morning, uh, Michael Wright and Ramona Shelbourne – from ESPN, they drop an article about Kawhi, and it's probably the most detailed article we've seen that puts both sides' perspective—the Spurs' side, Kawhi's side—they uh, actually name, um, you know, Kawhi's uncle Dennis Robertson, his actual agent uh, Mitch Frankel, and basically put together who his group is that Pop's been calling, you know, throughout the season his group, um, and they really go to the core in some of the uh, medical terminology about what the issue is with, the, with, the, with his injury, where you know one side is saying it's a muscle injury, the other, the other side is saying it's a, a tendon injury in the quad. Um, and then you really see that the Spurs have had difficulty grasping with this because this situation with, with his, um, his medical analysis has got taken out of their hands, and now it's been in the hands of two different doctors and the most recent doctor coming out of New York. Um, and you know the piece really names all the doctors, the approaches um, that they've gone through Kawhi's camp. Uh, one interesting line in there was that they wrote that um, Mike Wright and, and Ramona wrote, "Always going to be hard to convince ownership to agree to a 219 million dollar contract." So that's a, that's a huge line right there. That that even before this whole Kawhi drama began, there was no guarantee that the, uh, that the Spurs were going to um, be able to convince their ownership. Uh, who's Juliana Hold right now um, about giving Kawhi the, the max contract, and it makes even it makes it even tougher now that they're not they're not really on, on um, you know positive speaking terms those two sides. Um, then Mike, that same day of, a few hours later, uh, MySA.com puts out a piece uh, based basically on Kawhi's camp. It was even called for, from Kawhi's camp or for Kawhi's camp. Uh, so, some takeaways from this piece: uh, they put uh, there, that Kawhi's camp says they have not had any trade conversations with the Spurs or internally. And they also said uh, they are waiting for the Spurs to decide if they will offer Leonard the supermax, And then from there, it becomes an if-then kind of um, di- uh, route because basically Kawhi's camp is saying, if you offer us the supermax, then we'll decide to whether we're going to accept it and whether we want to repair this, the, the damage to this relationship. Um, you know, So obviously that's a lot of information thrown at you, Mike. Just kind of give me your overall impressions uh, of what, what you learned last week.
3: Hey, first of all, I want to say that uh – Mike and, and Ron Sherwin, they did an awesome job with this. This is probably the, one of the best um, uh, written pieces I've seen on, on this entire situation in a while because not only did they do their homework and they've got quotes from actual people, it's like one of the first few uh, articles that's been written not completely on like speculation or opinion. So I, I, it was a lot of information to kind of take in and, and digest, uh, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, it's still kind of hard to gauge where or what the outcome is going to be of this because you know I, you don't know where the leverage truly really lies here I mean obviously there's something going on there and, and you know asking to present the offer to him and whether you'll accept it or not. I mean that that's going to be a hard sell I think to anybody uh, especially with, like, like you said with ownership with that one line about the ownership that it would still be hard to convince them that you know that tells me that you know, even before all of this, uh, there was, like you said, no guarantees. And with them kind of trying to play the, I guess, I guess it's the agents, the uncle trying to play their leverage and and say, okay, present it and we'll see. That's going to make it even harder. Um, you know, on the other side of this, that's a, a player that you can't really replace. And that's a player that is, a, you know, obviously a, a, perennial MVP candidate, uh, two-time, just for the year, you know, former Finals MVP, things like that. So that's, those are hard things to replace. And and if you ask anybody in San Antonio, if you're going to get that same player on the court, they'll say, pay him, you know, pay him that money. But there's a, there's a lot of pieces that are involved in this. I mean, that the, the salary gap, you know, and and the amount of money they have and, and, and committing so much of that to him is obviously gonna be something that they have to consider. But uh yeah, I mean it, it it's one of those things where so finally everybody got information that was that was useful and that, you know, was able to actually uh shed some light, but but then the outcome is still very much in the air, so it, it doesn't really say anything. And then even since then we've seen other reports that are kinda of like uh t- t- uh contradictory of what this one says. So it's just it's one of those things again. It's kind of hard to know which which way to to look and even predict where things are going to land.
2: Yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways was at mysa.com line where they where where their side who spoke with Kawhi's camp basically said that you know we want to see the max offer first, and then we'll evaluate whether we're going to sign it and whether we're going to uh, make this this relationship productive. Because obviously, before that, there's been these talks that you know Pop and Kawhi are going to try to sit down and, and try to hash this thing out, try to figure it out. So that way they can move forward and, and get this relationship back on track. But it, but if this is what's being reported from Kawhi's camp, that no, we want to see the money first, and then we'll talk if we want to you know fix things. I think that that puts a lot of that, that puts a lot more um, I guess I guess uh, uh, issues in, in the middle where it's not so as easy to see to see a, a positive outcome for both sides if that's really going to be the case. Um, here's one thing I wanted to know on your opinion. Do you think that the Spurs, let's just say they do pop and Kawhi do repair this relationship, the team? Um, and, and they're going to offer him the supermax. Do you think that they, the Spurs, just for their own safety, uh, would put in the um, the restrictions as far as like like those safety those safety holds? Meaning, um, it's kind of like Joel Embiid's uh, max contract with the Sixers, where after the first year, the whole first year of the of the new max is guaranteed, but then in, in the following years he needs to ma- meet either a, a minutes or games played restriction. I mean, mandatory like to, to to basically get the full salary. Do you think the Spurs need a whether they fix things with Kawhi verbally, do you think they still need to put that in the contract just f- to protect themselves as a franchise going forward?
3: I mean, I think they wouldn't, except the first time they've, they've tried, they've done that, and um, it's a player that didn't agree to it because of those things. Uh, this was way back to Derek Anderson, and he uh, you know, he was very injury-prone, and so they were going to sign into a new contract, but they they had they, they set in a lot of uh different things into his contract where he needed to play a certain amount and, and then I think the rest of it was kinda like um you know you, you'd like unlock a certain amount if you you know got named to whatever it was. And so, so there's already they've, they've done it before. They tried to and I think it's kinda like one of those things where, where especially if you're not completely confident with uh the health and the injury and if it is something that's nagging it might it could come back. I think you kind of have to protect yourself in that case. That's that's a, a big chunk of money that you're you're throwing at somebody. Uh, you have to kind of protect your investment in some way.
2: Yeah, and especially for two factors, like you mentioned, one of them was that the fact that you know health wise. It's gonna be in a few days. It's gonna be a whole year now since we've Kawhi, we've seen Kawhi play at that MVP type level before he got hurt against the Warriors. It's literally a whole year since we've seen him at that level. And the second part is, what if like in year three or four of the supermax he just decides that this is gonna happen again, where you know he goes and rehabs by himself, uh, communication breaks down between both sides, um, and you know, and then the Spurs again are locked in to paying the guy like 40 plus million dollars per season, and that's a lot of money, um, 30 plus whatever, whatever the, the number is. So. I think that you're right. I think that you know there's Kawhi side may not like that, and they may, maybe they do walk away from the deal if that's the, if they put if the Spurs put some health restrictions in there. But you know, I think for the San Antonio's um, safety for their for their franchise, they do have to try to put something like there, especially what, what's going on right now uh, as the two sides stand. So we'll continue to monitor um, this Kawhi Leonard saga. Right now, it's been a little quiet since um, you know since these two articles dropped. There was there was like like Mike mentioned, there was some pieces coming out with just some other. Um, stuff trying to get headlines, but it wasn't really like legitimate from sources. That,
3: yeah, it's nothing vetted yet. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. So, um, so we'll, we'll basically follow the, the most accurate reporting as possible is that that we can focus on here at Project Spurs. Uh, Mike, let's go into our second topic, and that's uh, the Spurs' assistant coaches. Now, multiple assistant coaches and even um, one of their front office personnel have seen their names in the um, in the rumor mill for um, new coaching jobs as head coaches. Um, so on Saturday, uh, the latest name to join the group was Becky Hammond. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN.com reported that she's going to be meeting with the Milwaukee Bucks uh, just to interview for the head coaching spot in Milwaukee – um, he, he, you know, he he says right right away, you know, she's not a front runner. Um, you know, it's just more like they're just kind of they have ten candidates in mind and they want to basically go, um, you know, go through every single candidate and, and interview them. Uh, one big uh, so, some news about this is that Becky, what, when once she has that interview, she's at a, she's going to be fi- officially be the first female to ever interview for an NBA head coaching job. So that's pre- something that's really cool to see that uh, Becky continues to break those barriers um, as being one of the she's, she's already the first female assistant in the NBA. Um, some other some other um, Spurs personnel that are interviewing. Um, Monty Williams is also going to interview with the Bucks. James Borrego uh, has interview with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he's going to interview with the Bucks and then also the Atlanta Hawks. So Borrego's um, seen his name in there. Ettore Messina, uh, he's been linked to the Charlotte Hornets where he's had an interview and then he's he also interviewed with the Bucks on Saturday. And then lastly, Ime Udoka um, uh, is rumored to interview with the Orlando Magic, the Hawks, and the Hornets and those are the four teams that had openings but then on Monday the, the Pistons actually um separated from San Van Gundy so now Detroit has an open job now Spurs coaches haven't been linked to, to the Pistons just yet but there is probably going to be a chance that one of those names from the Spurs side does get linked so Mike just um your overall um thoughts on, on the Spurs right now uh, you know especially all their other assistant coaches um, being named uh, as candidates uh,
3: I'm not I'm not entirely surprised uh look back to that I was for head coach positions I thought I thought maybe she'd get offers as, as an assistant first, but obviously Pop's kind of given her this little rule. He's, everything he said about her. I mean, I don't, I don't think you, you need to hear anything else. I mean, he's kind of got full confidence in her and, you know, they've trusted her with the with, uh, Summer League and she, you know, uh, was up on the main bench when uh, Pop was out. And so, you know, it's, that's really cool to see her mentioned. And like you said, she's not considered front runner. Monty Williams. I mean, I think really it was going to be up to him whenever he wanted to get back to coaching. It was, probably going to, it was probably going to be opportunities left and right for him. So, you know, if, if he's, if he wants to do that and then leave, you know, the front office, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. Um, you know, same with the others. I'm, I'm honestly surprised a few of these coaches haven't been locked already, like uh, in a few seasons past, like Messina, I'm surprised he's still there. Uh, James Berg as well. And Emi Uduka, I, I think he's had other opportunities before, but he's kind of, um, he's kind of stayed there with Pop and I'm, I'm thinking that to me, it seems like he's been there with him probably the longest and is, is maybe seen as possibly an excellent line, for that's not Messina. So, I mean, I really, I, I think there's probably a good chance that at least two of these coaches are going to be um, with other teams next year. There's just so many openings and obviously, you know, the Spurs first uh, coaching chief so far is doing really well. I mean, we see, uh, coaches and foreign players off with, with several other teams. And uh, I think people are, are still trying to, you know, it, it's a good way to, to get some some of that Spurs culture and, and, and everything, everybody that's worked under POP so far and kind of bring that to your team. And we've seen where the Hawks did that with uh, Budenhoser and even the Jazz have done it because Quinn Snyder was with the Toros and then his assistant coach was also head coach when they were, the Austin Spurs. So we've kind of seen that more and more. And and like I said, not surprising. And and, uh, there may be some, some big holes to fill next year.
2: Yeah, and uh, what what y- you were actually right. Yudoka is the most right now, like currently with Pop. I think it's a six straight season on the Spurs bench. So he's the most. Um, he's been the longest. Well, technically Chip England has, but he- but Chip say is kind of on the, on, nah. on the second bench. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so so we'll obviously continue to monitor. I I would be very surprised if not if the, one of these um these five names does not get picked for a head coaching job. You know, if if all the teams by the time the season starts next season. And um, and one of these te- and one of these these um these candidates has not been picked up as, as at least just at least just one of them I'd be very surprised I think one of these candidates definitely has a shot of getting a head coaching job and again that Pistons job just opened up so so that could be a job too to watch out for and for um, these Spurs coaches um, Mike let's go ahead and take a quick break and we're going to be right back.
1: This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go, in the car, or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.
2: Thank you for listening to Spurscast, episode 497. I am joined by Michael DeLeon of ProjectSpurs.com. If you're on Twitter, please follow him, at MDeLeon. That's at MDeLeon. Okay, Mike, let's go ahead and get into our next segment, which is the Spurs Cast Twitter questions. Um, every week I ask these Spurs Cast listeners to go on to Twitter, use the hashtag SpursCast, and send us some questions. So we have a few here. Um, our first question comes from Steps. They ask, is there a scenario where Derek White starts next season? What can we expect from him next season? Go ahead and uh, answer that one, Mike.
3: I don't think he's going to start. I, I can't see him making that big of a jump that soon. Um, I know a lot of people, and I'm the same way. I'm 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 excited about you know the skills and everything, and I I've, I've seen a lot of him uh, with Austin Spurs games, but jumping from very little playing time and mostly just playing in Austin to a starting role isn't something I see happening, I mean, he'd really have to, like, have a, I mean, the thing is, he have to have a really crazy summer league, but, I mean, even if you look at Bryn Forbes and, and the summer league he had, he didn't jump into a starting role, and he, he kind of jumped into sort of a a, a a, you know, a pretty small role, so I kind of see that jump for him, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect that next, next season at all, and then, you know, you're dealing with the, if he started next to Murray, I mean, while they both have some height. I mean, at at two guards, have uh, basically a, a point guard out there it might be a little rough, especially with defensive assignments. So, yeah, I don't expect it.
2: Yeah, I don't expect it either. But um, you know, they did ask, and uh, what is there a scenario? I think the only scenario that he would start is if like, assuming everybody stays healthy, um, Danny Green. Let's say he walks in free agency, and then let's say Mono retires, and then the Spurs just can't pick up anyone who's impactful at the wing spot. Uh, to to replace Danny Armanu. so then in that event I could see Derek White, you know, getting a starting job, just because because the uh, amount of players that are that are not there, to rely on. However, I think overall I just think that he's going to be a backup two or three off the bench. You know, like you mentioned, you're going to see him uh, probably have a good season, getting some minutes as a rotation player, but I doubt that he starts as well. Uh, Mike, our next question comes from the same person at Giant Steps. They ask, what do you think the market is for Kyle Anderson? Are the Spurs going to let him get away like Simmons, Jonathan Simmons?
3: Yeah, but I'm still not even sure what the whole situation was with Simmons, if they got, let him get away or what the deal was. But, you know, the thing is, I think I think his value was a lot higher before the playoffs because I feel like that, that kind of uh, doing a little bit in the playoffs, is, and it, it was just an unfavorable matchup against Golden State and a team that, that uh, it plays at that kind of pace is not uh, best for him. But he did have some moments. Uh, so, I mean, I, I can see some teams, especially – uh, teams that are just looking to add, you know, veteran role players and things like that, and people that have, have been in the playoffs and possibly trying to, but I, I don't see like a, a huge demand for a player like him. I mean, he's he, he he's a very uh, unique type of player, and you know, I, I think the Spurs will probably keep him around.
2: Okay, based on what we know about the market, how obviously there's not going to be a lot of teams with cap space. I'm going to say the market for him is like three to six million. Um, and, and, ah, and there's yeah. and there's two types of teams that could try to sign him. There's the good teams, you know, the playoff caliber teams, teams, the teams that are trying to get into the playoffs. Those teams are probably going to be restricted with their with their cap space, so they're going to have to use an exception. I could see Kyle getting maybe a team's um, room exception, four point three million. Uh, their MLE tax if they're a tax team, five point three million, or even uh, if they're a non-tax paying team, they're eight point six MLE, but not the full amount. I think maybe like four million out of that. Or maybe like five but not the full amount and then uh, or even their biannual some teams have a 3.6 million dollar biannual so uh, so if kyle's trying to re- to sign with a good team a, a playoff caliber team somebody who's right there of being competitive I, I think those are the kind of offers they'll see if it's a bad team or a young team they could also have interest in kyle because he's still young he's only 25 so if they want to sign him as a role player for their future uh then, then that gets dangerous for the Spurs keeping him because those teams will probably have cap room and they can outbid San antonio for him um I think that the Spurs will offer him the the the, the, the tender him the qualifying offer and then I think that once you get past four to five million annually I think that's when they're gonna say okay if, if he signs that deal uh you know th- that team can, can basically take him from that point I don't think the Spurs would match any deals after that price and I think one other thing to watch for if you're Kyle if you want to stay with the Spurs is you can't sign your 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 qualifying offer too quickly with, with another team, your, um the the, the restricted free agency contract. Because basically, if he were to sign it, then the Spurs would only have two days to, to match it. And that puts San Antonio under uh, some pressure to kind of try, to keep him. And what if they're waiting on, on certain players to make different kind of moves? So if Kyle signs it really quickly, the qual- uh, the offer from another team, then I feel like that's a problem, and the Spurs would just let him sign elsewhere. Um, so again, I, I think that depending on who, if, the, if they don't want to lose him, I think they can keep him. They're, they're safe there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think your value too is, is right on because I think you uh, wrote uh, about like, somebody many reports, something on Danny Green, Will Barton's, uh being around. I think he said was it six to eight? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, Danny's. Uh, yeah, his uh, is six to eight because I mean, you look at Will, Lou Williams only got eight million a year, so he's basically set the market. And you're already seeing a lot of these guys with player options like like six to nine million dollar range. They're all opting in because they think they're going to lose money this summer.
3: Yeah. So so yeah, I, I can't see him really going much above six because then, cause then you're getting to a different level of uh, or caliber of player. So that would be rough. And I can, and this was done that before where if it gets a little too much, you know, they'll, uh, they'll, uh you know, they'll let the player walk.
2: Okay. Our next question, Mike, comes from at Giant Steps again. Uh, they ask, if you could add one piece to this team to beat Golden State, what realistically would you look for this summer? So that's the key thing is realistically. What do you think?
3: gosh it's a tough one I'm probably I mean I I couldn't even name a player right now because I haven't looked at the entire list yet but I think shooting guard did somebody that can can create their own shot and hit reliably uh, reliably hit a a three-pointer would be important but then you're also going to need somebody that can defend like a clay and so uh, yeah I mean you would think that you would hope that uh, Danny Danny would, would be in that role, but because of his three-point uh, percentage dropping off the way it did, I mean, he's he's just uh, kind of on the on the defensive end right now. And So, yeah, but I think I think that's kind of the biggest need as the shooting guard. But you know, you might have to <laughs> take a little deep ticket somebody that can do both of those uh, three and D type player.
2: Yeah. Okay. My my guy is a Will Barton. Now, I still don't realistically think that he's going to move the needle to beat Golden State. But I'd say that if yeah. you basically bring back this the majority of this of this Spurs team with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, um, you know Rudy Gay, Kawhi, Lamarcus, and then um, and then maybe Danny, maybe he leaves, and then Will Barton. I think that that gives you that guy who can kind of create off the dribble, uh, be another another playmaker. He's not as good a shooter though from the outside, but that's fine if he can kind of get off the dribble. And I, I think I, I I'd like to see that full healthy team against Golden State um, to to give them a chance. But outside of that, I mean. There's not many realistic positions right now that they can do in terms of one move, one piece.
3: Yeah, I like Will Barton. In fact, when you were talking, we were talking about his his contract earlier. That's that's a player that I've always liked, and he's you know got the length to defend you know twos and threes, and so it would give you some some depth there. Uh, so that that will definitely be a player I I think would be. Ideal in that
2: case. Yeah, and, and just f- keeping it in realistic terms, it's kind of tough though for San Antonio to, to do that because really, let's say they brought back most of their team, they'd only have about 8.6 million of the, of the non-tax MLE mid-level exceptions. So, so
3: that's all of it. <laughs> yeah, and
2: and Barton, you know, he, he could have he, he he passed by an extension with Denver in October of like 12. I think it was 10 to 12 million reportedly. So oh, wow. he's obviously looking for something north of 10 million. So I don't know if he'll get it. Most even Zach Lowe thinks that it's only going to be 8 million his market, but. You know, maybe, maybe again, he gets to get. Maybe he signs. He he would try to look at the Spurs as an option in the event they went after him with that MLE. Um, Our next question, Mike, comes from um, uh, at Spurs Machine. They ask, uh, "What position do you see the Spurs are in desperate need heading into the NBA draft?" I'm thinking center position, but who knows?
3: You know, center is just. I don't even know what to think with center anymore, just because of. You know, it really depends on the player because you kind of need somebody that's a little more mobile now. I mean, you've seen it against teams like, as long as teams like Golden State and Houston and even Utah are going to be there, you need somebody that's a little more mobile. And um, I'm not sure that, you know, that those aren't usually not good matchups or challenge, obviously. So you'd have to look for somebody that's pretty athletic. uh you know, Ben's done a really good job in, in highlighting a bunch of players, and I know he's looked at a bunch of, like I said, I'm going to go back to really shooting guard here, and then, you know, depending on what happens with Kawhi or Kyle, then maybe even small forward, just to get some additional depth there. And then Rudy Gay is still obviously a question mark.
2: Okay, yeah, that's actually my answer too, is basically go back, go, uh, rely on Ben. So um, so um at at Spurs Machine, if you're listening, um, I, what I would do if I was you is, uh, I'd go back to last week's episode, um, episode 496, and uh, Ben's our, our draft guy, so he knows like the, all the players in and out in the college in the college realm, and uh, I would I'm like Mike, where I think that it's got to be a wing, a two or three off the dribble kind of wing, and after that maybe a center, um, because again, like like Mike mentioned, you know, centers they're valuable. It depends on who you're playing these days. It's more about mobility and and how versatile your your offense can be. Um, as, as the Spurs saw against Golden State in, in that first round, and also how, how you've seen against Houston uh, with, the, with the Rockets team and some of these other teams like Boston and teams like that. So, so center is obviously very valuable, but it also depends on how, how much versatility they can provide. Um, Mike, our next question this is going to be a, a different one. We're going to take a different approach with it. It's from at the sportsmen. They ask, ultimately, do you think Kawhi gets traded, and if so, what could a return look like? So first, I just want you to answer that first part, Mike. Okay. Ultimately, based on what you know right now, do you think he's going to get traded, just based on what you know right now?
3: That's a hard call. That's a hard call to make, but um, you know, I mean, a lot of things can happen from between now and and the draft or whatever, but. The, the one thing that that has worried me about this whole thing is, is the whole part where uh, in the Express News report about how they said they want to represented the uh, the offer of the Max first, uh, so that that obviously worries me. So, but at the same time, I mean, if, if Pop, you know, I mean, you can't pay attention too much to the other uh, rumors or whatever. But if Pop wants to bring him back, then I'm sure they'll they'll do whatever they can to get him back. So, I'm gonna say no. And he won't be traded.
2: Okay, I'm with you. Where I think that Pop will try to, will probably patch things up. But based on what I know right now, this is before that meeting with Pop and Kawhi happens. I would say yes, just because of a lot of the the de- yeah. what I know for sure, which is one, uh, we don't know if he's fully healthy. We don't know how bad this injury is long term. Um, you know. And then two, it's like, like you mentioned, you know, what we know that's been reported from his side through the through the Express News or MySA.com is that they want to see money first, and then we talk about repairing relationship and signing the offer. And and I don't think I don't see San Antonio doing that, risking all that just just to put the you know put put the the, the offer out there. Um, and then again, I think that even if even if they do offer it to him, I think they're going to put those restrictions in place, the health restrictions. And then I think that Kawhi's camp will obviously not, not want to do that, kind of like what you mentioned about Derek Anderson. Right. So I, I think that for right now, based on what I know before the Pop Kawhi meeting, I'd say no. I think I mean, I'd say yes, he gets moved. But um, for now, you know, it's obviously a wait and see because we, we both agree that if Pop can get in a room with Kawhi Leonard, we think that he can figure this thing out where they can have a, a, exactly. a productive, healthy relationship in the future. Um, okay, so Mike, let's just say it was yes, that the Spurs had to trade him. Okay, let's say talks broke down, Kawhi's camp didn't want um, to re-sign, he didn't want to sign with San Antonio. Um, so so I, I put together some trades here, and I just want to know your thoughts, uh, if you think it's good for both sides, if you think it's too one-sided, or if you think it's laughable, whatever you think of each trade, okay? All right. So so there's two time frames here. There's, there's, there, there's, uh, there's draft night trades, which you can construct with current salaries of this season, and then there's... Uh, after the draft trades, which is basically after July 1st, then all of a sudden you can make trades, but using um, the current summer cap numbers. Okay, so let's first do draft night trades. Okay, right, my first trade sh- trade idea. Boston, San Antonio. The Spurs get Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And the number 27 pick, the Celtics get Kawhi and Paul Gasol's contract. What do you think about that one?
3: Yeah. I know the, the the Gordon Hayward thing uh is obviously a little worse than'cause because of the injury he suffered but he seems to be coming back I mean to har here, here is, is is having seriously like uh like breakout performances in the playoffs so far, so uh I think he'd definitely add some value but if I was going to Boston, I'd be looking for for Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, but I don't know if Danny Angel wouldn't give that up uh but i i think I think getting those type of pieces. And a draft, it can return, uh, and then you're going to end up shedding that that power contract also, which nobody seems to, to be in love with. Uh, I think that that would be something you'd probably have to pull the sugar on.
2: Yeah, uh, well, two, two, two things why I think that they would agree to Boston and even the Spurs. For Okay, for Boston side, imagine this starting lineup. You'd have a starting lineup of Kyrie, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kawhi, and Horford. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But, you know, obviously, that's that's, that's an then out east of, uh, of all places. And then for San Antonio side, you get some sort of, you know, you're hoping that Gordon can be back to full health. So you get Hayward, um, you know, former All Star. You get Rozier who's up and coming right now and, and really playing well. And, and like you mentioned, you dumped the Pal contract. And here's another part that when I made these trades, you have to think that Kawhi's saying yes to re signing with these teams that, that he's getting traded to because, again, he holds some power in that. Even though he doesn't have a, 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 um, a no trade restriction, he kind of does in a way because he can just opt out next summer. So those teams are basically gambling on a one year rental if he doesn't basically tell them, you know, verbally, hey, I'll, I'll resign with you long term uh, if you give me an extension. So I feel like in Boston, Kawhi would sign an extension with them if he got traded there.
3: Uh, and if they want a bigger market, Boston's definitely a bigger market. And then, you know, Gordon Hayward, it, 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 we talked about the Spurs needing a shooter and he can shoot the ball. So, I mean, That would definitely um, fix a few issues.
2: Yeah, and you know, honestly, before the playoffs began, I thought that you know Kawhi for Tatum and Brown was easily like a doable trade. But now that Tatum's Uh, just gone to another level in these playoffs, uh, I I, I honestly don't think uh, uh, Boston will move him at all. Like, I think Brown maybe maybe the Spurs can try to get, but I definitely think Tatum's out of the equation now from what we've seen in these playoffs. Okay, Mike, our next trade, our next trade idea. Again, this is if Kawhi says I want out, I don't want to be here in San Antonio. Next one, New York Knicks, San Antonio. Chris asked Porzingis. uh, What's the guy's name? What's Lee's name? Courtney Lee. And the number, and the number nine pick from the Knicks on draft night for Kawhi. So three, three for one, basically. Uh, What do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah. Number nine, I don't even know what that, that, that's, that's a, I think that'd be hard to turn away just because you get a unicorn type player in, in Porzingis. I mean, and then putting him next to Aldridge uh, would be fun to see. Um, quite really, obviously, is probably, I mean, he, he could play in a role, uh, but then that number nine, you could probably address some of the, the wing issues. So, yeah, that's another one I think would be hard to pass up.
2: Yeah, I think that again if Kawhi's asking for out that's that's a good deal for both sides cuz again, Knicks get their franchise guy, guy who's in a, um you know, maybe get some other all-star, I mean some other free agents to want to join him in the future in Kawhi, I think Kawhi would sign an extension there. Whereas the Spurs get Porzingis now. The only problem with him is that he's not expected to be healthy. I think next year or if not most of next year, so you might have to wait a year to put, to get him fully healthy. Uh, but then again, they can start at least building for the future with Murray, and then you got the number nine pick, and then obviously you got Porzingis. I mean, so that that's a way for San Antonio to get something in the event that Kawhi uh, did want to leave. Our next trade on draft night: Philadelphia and, and San Antonio. This is one that's probably been all over online, but only because it makes sense cap-wise and stuff. Uh, okay, so we have um, Markel Fultz. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Marco Fultz, Dario Saric, Jared Bayless, and the number ten pick for Kawhi.
3: Yeah, um, this one's probably a little bit <laughs> a little bit hard for me just because I, I, Sarge start. I like, I mean, I even put him in, fa- in fantasy, uh, so he can. Uh, he's, he's had a good season. Markel seems like, you know, all that development time has helped him. But then, you know, you kind of wonder where he'd fit in, uh, where he'd fit in, in the lineup if you have, I mean, Murray starting, right, and then I guess Goody get back, but then does that push there quite a little bit, but then that tenth pick, uh, there's there's definitely some players there. I mean, there's like a Miles Bridges you could probably get around that 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 time. I mean, Trey Young's there. I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't take the gamble on him, but but still, there's some, definitely some nice pieces in that area. So uh, that one to me is a little harder. That would be a little harder to chemistry just because you don't have one player who's like a different stinker right away. Uh, you have several players that could step into Important roles, and, and so tra- trading away a franchise player for no one that really can can step into, the, and not even the main role because obviously in that case you'd still be looking for owners to, to to carry. But uh, I'm just not sure how much difference it makes uh in the long run, especially with the logs down at point guard.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I don't like that idea as much either. But I just put it out there because that's the one that's been reported that he has interest in, or that Philly has interest in him. Should I say? Um, Okay, these next two are kind of wild cards just because um, I'm not sure if Kawhi would actually sign an extension with these two teams. The first one, Washington-San Antonio. Bradley Beal, Kelly Oubre, the number 15 pick for Kawhi, and Patty Mills.
3: Yeah, the the Patty haters are going to love that one. (laughs) Um, I like Bradley because, again, it's it's another guy that can uh, shoot at a high percentage. Kelly's still developing, might do well with the, uh, you know, underpop and with with the the coaching staff. Uh, so, yeah, Yeah, I mean, this this is another one. It's kind of hard. I I definitely like the pick, and I like and I like Bill uh, Uber one that's still going to be kind of. I mean, I guess you could come in and bring him in at the uh, small forward. I mean. I think if some of the other options aren't there, you may have to move on this one, but it's not probably the best option.
2: Yeah, that's why I put wild card there. I I definitely like Beal as a player, but I'm not sure, you know, Ubre if he's going to pan out, just to to be like, you know, and then also the number 15 pick. That's a a little bit bigger of a gamble than a top 10.
3: Um, Yeah, plus they're already at, what, 18? So that's not as much of a move up. Yeah,
2: and again, these are the the event that you had to move Kawhi. Okay, last one of these wild cards right here. Um, Charlotte, San Antonio. Uh, The Spurs get Kemba Walker, Malik Monk, Jeremy Lamb, and the number 11 pick for Kawhi.
3: There's a guy, uh, I cannot remember his name on Twitter, that has been wanting a Kemba Walker to San Antonio Chase for the longest time. So I think he love this one. Uh, But, I mean, again, I feel like that presents, because, I mean, you're definitely getting a bunch of, uh, it seems like ones and twos and that kind of a, that kind of trade. So I, I don't know how much it addresses the wing issue. Um, so, yeah, and, and the other thing is Kemba Walker is like an all-star caliber player, but I kind of wonder, you know, how, if we've already reached his ceiling and where DeJounte Murray's ceiling is in, you know, in comparison and how many years it's going to take him to get there because I, I don't know if, if you're going to end up Limiting Dejounte's development with coming in right away with uh, somebody like Kemba and, and, and sticking in the starting lineup. Uh, so that and that's why I've had this conversation with that same uh, guy on Twitter. I'm just like I'm not sure that you're getting a player that in a few years is, isn't going to be you know it's not uh, so Dejounte's not going to be in that range. So that's pretty hard sell for me. I think uh, I, I like I like Malik Monk for sure again, but that's just another that's another young player you have to develop. And uh Lam is is, you know, a bench player at best, so yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about this one at all.
2: Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, and and again, this is in the event that that Kawhi absolutely wanted out, and the Spurs had to sift through all their options. Uh, I mean, this is you know one of yeah. those that we present uh, provided. I'm not even sure that Kawhi would um want to sign an extension with yeah, um, i try even Even though he likes Jordan, you know, because he's on Jordan Brand and stuff, I'm not sure he would do that. Okay, Mike, let's go to just two more, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, so now this next right. these next two trades. They're going to take place after the draft. So this is um, after moratorium, so after Jul- July 6th, because then salaries become now the 2018-19 figures and not the not this current season. So the first one is – and I'm only putting these out because these are the ones that have been rumored. These teams have interest in them apparently. Um, the first one is the Lakers and the Spurs. Uh, Spurs get Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and the number 25 pick for Kawhi. Yeah, this is one
3: that I've talked uh... – I've talked to a friend of mine a lot about. It's a Lakers fan, and they, you know, he's he's under the he's thinking why make a trade now when you can get him next season in the off season, uh, and you've got all of that basically set so You don't have to give up any of your your young players. But I think if if you want to get him now, uh, and obviously I'm sure uh, Rob Pelinka and Magic Johnson would like to have him next year, you know, if they're going to try to make moves and, and try to sign other players, especially if, if they want to get somebody like Paul George and signing, being able to get Kawhi would, would help a lot in getting, you know, one of those other key free agents. Um, I, I like Kuzma a lot. Uh, Ingram has taken some steps forward, and I think he's going to continue his development. And uh, so, I mean, again, I, I like some of the first couple of options that are better, but I think that that would be something that you know, obviously, you've, if you've got to trade him, uh, getting some youth like that is always a good thing. And so, I, I, I would, I'd be okay with that.
2: Okay, this is one from the Spurs' side. I'm not so much sold on. I'm not sure I, I would want. You know, Ingram and Kuzma and the number twenty five in, in terms of. Uh, you know, obviously they're they're young talent, but I'm not. Especially on Ingram, I'm not. You know, he's been in the league for a few years. Yeah. I'm not sure we quite know where he's at or where he's going. A Kuzma obviously yeah. looked good in his rookie season. But for the Lakers, this is an awesome deal because I think that, that they would not even wait because one, you get Kawhi locked, you get Kawhi on your team already by doing this trade, and then all you got to do is move Luol Deng, and you can still have max contract for Paul George or LeBron James. So they could even this summer add one of those guys with Kawhi, uh, if they were to find a taker for, for Luol Deng, maybe maybe attach a pick with him. So so it kind of keeps doing in or uh, you know go to go into the next season with at least Kawhi and Lonzo Ball as your two guys going into to, to the season. Um the last one, Mike, it's kinda it's it's the same. It's another Philly one, but it's kind of just without Jared Bayless. So it's basically Markel Fultz, Dario Sarge, and the number ten pick for Kawhi. So this is at the so this is this works because the Spurs don't have to take take in um uh, Bayless's contract. It's just, you know, those three players those three those two players in the pick for Kawhi. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I mean it, it's still one that I, I felt like it doesn't completely address the you know, some of the holes that you'd, you'd create by losing Kawhi. And so uh, I like folks and what we've seen, but it's again, like how, what, you know, where's he going to be at in development um, if, if you, you know, put him there with uh, DeJounte. I mean, I feel like they're kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, when we've seen him play big minutes, Folks has, has done well, but he's only played, you know, a few games. And DeJounte is probably a little further on, on his development, uh, you know, Markell probably has a little more uh, national talent scoring ability. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're really just – I feel like you really – I mean, Sarch helps with, on, on the wing, but he's not going to be, I think, the type of player that, that you're going to want or you're going to need in a big series, uh, especially with a, a Houston or Golden State. So, yeah, I'd probably pass on this one.
2: Yeah, honestly, like, uh, yes, I would pass too. I'm just not – from 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 where I'm seeing – I'm just not as high on a lot of these deals. And I think that the best outcome for San Antonio is, one, Kawhi can show he can be fully healthy again. Two, he can, he can mend his relationship with the Spurs and they can mend their relationship with him. And three, he signs the Supermax, right? Isn't that the best for both parties? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, it's just uh, that's the thing. I was even trying to think. I was I, I spent like about an hour going through some of these trades and the numbers, and there's just there's just no talent that will get the Spurs what they're going to lose in Kawhi Leonard. I mean that guy is so good when he's healthy. You know he's the top five you know top five, 10 player um, MVP candidate level player when he's healthy, and, and you're just not going to get that in any of these trade scenarios. A lot of them come with risk as well. You know we talk about Gordon Hayward, a guy coming off an injury, Porzingis, another guy coming off an injury. There's just full We wow. don't know what's going to happen with him. He had a weird season. Too with his health so um with his shoulder i think so uh, you know obviously it's, it's in the best interest for both the spurs and Kawhi to 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 try to, to to try to fix this relationship and again this the crazy the, the, not the crazy thing but the um the, the tough thing to, to measure right now is even his health like there's been these reports that we still don't know if he can fully be healthy we've heard the term degenerative quad where it's just going to continue to get worse as, as he gets older um and so you know that that's another part it's not just about fixing his relationship with the spurs it's like can't, even if they, they resign him, can he stay as a healthy player long term?
3: Hey, let me ask you something. Um, going back to that Lakers trade, and I don't know if, if the figures add up or anything, but would you be more uh, uh, agreeable or would you be more open to that trade if it was like a Kuzma Randall type trade?
2: Yeah, yeah, but it, I'm, it's hard to, you can do it, but it's hard to construct because he's a free agent, he's a restricted free agent
3: oh okay okay, that's right
2: that's why the the numbers you can only play you can only use like kuzma ingram lonzo ball i doubt they'd give him up uh for the the three of them and like the other players their salaries are too low like jason hart who uh i think is that his name jason hart or somebody like that something oh um yeah josh Josh hart Hart. yeah my bad jason hart uh josh hart yeah and then a few other players but they're too young Ivaka zubak they all have like smaller deals so because all their guys who have real money the lakers they're all coming they're all free agents this summer like randall um uh, isaiah thomas shanning fry all those guys so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a tough thing. Yeah. why I can't find a good suitor. For, I mean, it's a good package of the Lakers. OK, thanks, Mike, for joining me on episode 497. Again, if you're on Project Sp- I mean, if you go online, uh, follow him at M. DeLeon on Twitter. Just a quick uh, few, few um, reminders. Uh, continue to send us your offseason questions using hashtag Spurscast. Uh, follow us at Project Spurs at AT League underscore NBA at the Spurscast and at Project Spurs Network. Visit us on ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLeague.com and Spurs.net. And lastly, please leave us a rating review on iTunes. Thank you. Have a great day.